Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. as I said during the announcement portion, I'm beginning a series starting today on having a faith that works. And this morning's message is entitled, A Faith That Isn't Troubled. And what these messages, all of these messages are intended to do is to deal with the issues, uh, the questions, the circumstances uh, and, and even the emotions that we have in life that, that affect us. Now, I, I recognize that people are under a lot of different types of pressure. And I hope that these messages are going to give you some of the tools, some of the, the handles that you need to deal with the, the different troubles. The idea is to have a faith that is a working faith that's not just something that sits on a shelf, but that is something that, that we're able to, to actually use, actually apply to our, our lives. Now, the book of James is especially relevant to, to our, our lives, I think, today. Um, it was written by the half-brother of Jesus who didn't even become a follower of Jesus until after he witnessed the resurrection of Christ and seeing Jesus rise from the dead and, and alive after he had been crucified caused him to become a believer. Now, the book of James is a, a very short book, but it is full of practical advice for people that are going through difficulty in their lives. And it gives us many good principles for living a, a successful or a victorious Christian life. Now, again, this is called a faith that works because that's really what we need, isn't it? Um, we don't need fluff. We don't need feel-good chats. Uh, we 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 need real solutions for real problems. And quite honestly, if, if our Christianity isn't something that can be applied to our lives and help us to live differently, live successfully, then what good is it? And so that's the goal of these messages. Now, just to kind of I hope whet your appetite over the next several weeks. These are the messages that, that we'll be dealing with. Uh, I, I'm going to deal with how to handle uncertainty in your lives, how to deal with your emotional health. I, I know that, that that's something that affects a lot of us. How to deal with weakness in your life, how to overcome adversity using your faith. Um, what, what's the, dif the, the difference between real faith and, and 
a pretend faith, um, how to use our faith to make hard decisions, um, how our faith in Jesus can be used to, to break out of bad habits, and, and using our faith to anchor our lives. Now, we're going to be trying to tackle some real issues in life and, and not just, again, having pie in the sky kind of uh, approach. Now, James, when he wrote his, his letter, um, he was writing to people who were experiencing very real persecution. Uh, these people had been run out of their homes and they, they were being killed because they were followers of Jesus Christ. For them, it was obviously a very scary time. And if you notice in the very first verse, James 1, it says, This letter is from James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to all of God's people who have been scattered everywhere in the world. Why were they scattered? Because they were running for their lives. They had fled persecution, and as a result, they, they were all over trying to get away from the persecution. Their lives had been turned upside down, and, and many of our lives have been turned upside down. Um, you know, our, our, because of COVID and because of different circumstances that, that have been going on, people today are experiencing a lot of stress, a lot of hardship. And so the book of James has a lot of good practical advice in how to live our lives while we're going through adverse times. Now, he begins with dealing with our own personal attitude. And that's the key. That's the starting point. In James 1 verses 2 through 4, he says, When all kinds of troubles crowd into your lives, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Realize that they come to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. So let the process go on until that endurance is fully developed in you. Then you will become a person of mature character and integrity with no weak spots. Your success in handling the stress and strain of life is going to be determined by your attitude more than anything else, by what you know, what you understand, what you realize. The clearer your perspective is, the more stable and the more strong you are going to be able to be. And so when the pressure is on, understand that your perspective feeds your faith and your faith is what gives you confidence. A faith that isn't challenged by, by the hardships of life is a faith that realizes some important truths. And these are the important truths. The first thing that James wants us to learn is that troubles are inevitable. You are going to have trouble in your life. You can write that down. I mean, it is absolute. Verse 2, when all kinds of troubles come into your life, 
Now, he doesn't say if troubles come into your life. He says when troubles come into your life. And Jesus told us that. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations. Peter said, don't be surprised when troubles happen to you. Nobody is exempt from trouble. Expect it. Understand it's going to happen. What's the old saying? Into life, every life, a little rain must fall. And as I told the folks in the first service, it would actually be kind of nice if we got some rain right now. Now, the second thing, first thing is you're going to have trouble. The second thing is James says that troubles come in variables. They come in, in different ways, different sizes, different shapes. They're not all alike. Again, you know this from experience. Troubles come in all sizes, all shapes, and, and, and the way James phrases it is when all kinds of troubles come into your life. That, it, it's inevitable, and they're, they're variable. The third thing is they're unpredictable. You get no advance warning. Wouldn't it be nice that it, you would get a text or an email or even a letter in the mail that says, on the 13th of the month, you're going to have a trouble arrive. It will arrive at 10 p.m., and this is how it's going to happen. But, you know, it doesn't happen that way. They catch us off guard. And, and, and as a result, we... We are unprepared, but we don't have to be completely unprepared. If we know troubles are going to happen, it, it's kind of like a thunderstorm. You know they're going to happen. We can't exactly predict when, but you know they're going to be there. So you don't get caught by being surprised. Now, the fourth thing, and this is really the key that I want to focus in on in, in this little section here. It, what we really need to grasp is that there is a purpose in your troubles. This matters. This, it, if we can understand this, it's really going to help us as we handle things. James 1.3 says, realize that they come to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. Troubles can be productive if we allow them to be. They can make us become better people. He, he's saying that stress and suffering can actually accomplish good things in our lives if, and that's a big giant if, we have the right attitude, the right perspective. Now, how does God use difficulties to make us become better people? Verse one, um, verses three and four says, realize that they come to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. So let the process go on until the endurance is fully developed in you. Then you will become a person of mature character and integrity with no weak spots. So, first of all, troubles test 
our faith. They come to test us. Now, faith is like a muscle. Probably most of you have heard that before. The only way you can make muscles grow is by working them. If you don't work a muscle, they do what is called atrophy. They, they die, they shrink up, they, they become smaller. So if you want to grow your faith, the way you're going to grow your faith is by applying or having pressure applied to it. The word test here is the same word that's used in the Bible for refining metal. You know, if you want to get the get gold to become pure gold, they put it into a high heat. And through that, the pressure of the heat, the, the impurities are burned away and you're left with pure gold. So... That same process is what needs to happen in our lives. We come under pressure through trials, through testing, through stress and strain and all of the, all of the stuff we don't want in our lives. And that causes our faith to become purified. It, it makes us stronger as individuals. Now, if we don't have the proper understanding, all we're trying to do is avoid at all possible any kind of stress or strain. But what happens is that causes our faith to become weaker, to become sickly, to become, become ineffective. So what we look at as, oh, this is so bad, we don't want it, is actually something that can be making us become better, stronger um, individuals as, as followers of Christ. What we think is bad is actually preparing us for good. So the first thing that troubles do is they purify our faith. What we have to do is say, am I going to trust God in this situation? Am I going to allow God to work through me in this situation? The second thing that needs to happen is troubles develop our endurance. The old, the old fashioned word for endurance is steadfastness. What is steadfastness? What is perseverance? What is endurance? It means staying power, sticking with it, not throwing in the towel, not quitting, not giving up. When things get bad, instead of saying, oh, I quit, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore, we hang in there. How do we do it? By learning how to handle pressure, by by understanding that God is at work, that there is there's something that is taking place and God is allowing it to take place so that we can be developed, that we can be purified in our faith. There's only one way to grow your faith, and that's by experiencing the pressure of life. Most people give up. Most people give in. Uh, and, and God's saying, no, I want you to learn a lesson here. I want you to become a stronger Christian through this process. Don't quit. Don't give up. 
He wants to purify our faith. Now, most people um, don't, don't allow that to happen. James says, though, there's a third thing that, that troubles can do for us. They, they mature our character. They test our faith. And, and verse 4 says, but let the process of maturity, th this is a process let the process go on until you become of mature character with integrity and no weak spots. Let the process continue. It is a process. You know, so often we're, we are all about instant. We're all about, well, I, I'm, I'm willing to allow God to do this if I can wake up tomorrow and be a more mature Christian. Well, it doesn't work that way. It is a process. But we would all want to be, I, I would think all of us want to be known as individuals of character and, and integrity. Well, the way we become people of integrity is through the process of allowing God to mature us. So how do we respond to these troubles? My Britney Spears mic has given me hassles up here. So, so how, do we, how do we respond? Well, James gives us the answers. He, you know, again, that's the wonderful thing. God doesn't just say, go out and fix this. He shows us how to fix it. The first thing that we are to do when you experience trouble, are you ready for this? I don't think you are. The first thing that you are to do when you experience hardship, when you experience difficulty, when you experience stress, when you experience all of those miserable things that we all hate, be happy. That's just garbage, isn't it? You know, God needs to rethink this because honestly, that's just not the way we want to do it. When you experience trouble, rejoice knowing that God is going to use it in a positive way. Remember Joseph back in Genesis chapter 50 says, you meant this for harm, but God meant it for good. Every problem you face in your life, you can apply that to. James in James 1-2 says, my friends, when you have many kinds of troubles, you should be full of joy. Now, don't misunderstand this. This is not saying that you just put on blinders and say, there's not a problem here. There's no problem. I don't have any problems. That, that's not what he's saying here. And he's not saying that we should be masochist and say, oh boy, I get to suffer. I've been looking for it. No, it's not, it's not that at all. What James is telling us here is that when troubles happen, we see it as an opportunity for improvement, that God is giving us an opportunity to, to better ourselves. Now, some of you won't understand this, but it's kind of the mindset of, hey, 
I get to go to the gym and work out. That's, that's the same kind of mindset. Or I get to eat this healthy food because I know it's going to make me a better, healthier person. That's kind of the, the attitude that we have. It's not that we're, we're enjoying the problem. It's that we see this as an opportunity for improvement, that God is giving us a, a membership to the gym, you know, and, and we're going to get really happy. Uh, a number of years ago, maybe I shouldn't tell this, but my brother-in-law gave my sister-in-law a, um, a treadmill for Christmas, made her mad. She had said she wanted one, and he thought he was really being a, a nice guy. And she had took it as, hey, you know, what you're saying is I'm fat and that I need to exercise. When we have troubles come into our lives, this is an opportunity to recognize I, have a, I get the chance to better myself. God values me enough to allow me to, to improve who I am. The go-to verse for this is Romans 8.28. We know that in all things, in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. Notice the word everything. That includes COVID-19. That includes cancer. That includes money problems. That includes marriage problems. In everything, God works for the good of those who love him. Now, that's contradictory to everything that we, we think in our society. But God doesn't play by the, the same line of thinking that our society does. Now, this isn't a promise for everybody. Notice that. It's only a promise to those who love God, who want their lives to count according to the purposes of God. What this is saying, though, is that when you are experiencing a tough time, when you're experiencing a hardship, joy is a choice that you can choose. Don't base it on your circumstances. Don't base it on what you can see. Base it according to faith on who you know God is and the fact that God can work miracles even in the midst of what seems hopeless. That's what is being communicated here. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. It is a choice that we have to rejoice. David said in Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now, the second thing James teaches us, James 1, 7, and this is from the Phillips translation. It says, if in the process, any of you doesn't know how to meet any particular problem, you only have to ask God who gives generously wisdom to all men without making them feel guilty. And you may be sure that the necessary wisdom will be given to you. That's a promise that God isn't going to hold back. 
If you come to God and say, God, I need wisdom. I don't know how to handle this. This is bigger than me. I can't figure this out. I need help. The Bible here in James 1, 7 says, all you have to do is ask for wisdom and God will give it to you generously. He will give it to you in abundance. So my, my challenge to you is to ask, have you asked God for wisdom in how to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with? I suspect that if we went through this room, every single one of us has got at least one thing, and some of us probably have a bunch of things that you're dealing with that are really heavy, major issues things that, that keep you awake at night, things that cause you a lot of stress. Go to God and say, God, here's my problem. Give me the wisdom. How do you want me to handle this? What do I need to be doing? How should I respond? Ask for wisdom. Now, the devil wants to tear you down. He wants to take the problems that you're, you're dealing with, and he wants to be like a termite and just get in and just eat out your foundation and just tear you up and cause you to break down. But God is trying to strengthen you. God is wanting to use this to develop you, to cause you to, to grow and become stronger. So what you need to do by faith, is relax and say, God, I know that you are in control, that you have allowed this problem or these problems to come into my life, and I am, I'm going to respond in joy, and I'm going to turn to you, and I'm going to ask you for wisdom, and I'm going to thank you in advance because I know you're a God of love and you care about me. The third thing that James says is that we rely on God knowing, believing that he's going to help. Verse 8 says, but when you ask God for wisdom, you must sincerely believe and expect him to answer without doubting him. This is critical. Why come to God and ask him for help if you don't think he's going to help? Why bother asking in the first place? If you come to God believe he's going to answer. And, and that's what sincere belief is. It's reliance upon God that you're saying, God, I know you have the answers and I, I'm asking you for guidance. And I believe because of who you are, that you're going to answer me and that you're going to provide help through this problem. Psalm 116, verse 6 and 7 says, When I was helpless, God saved me. And I said to myself, relax, because the Lord takes care of you. Have you ever just come before God and say, God, thank you. I'm relaxing because I know you have this under control. Now, the, th the third is, this is, it's showing us reliance. You know, that's the third point is that we are to rely on God. You can relax because God is taking care of you. 
Now, in verse 2, remember, we saw that troubles come in all kinds of different ways. And I just want to hit on this real quick. First Peter, and we're not going to go there and, and look up verses or anything, but in First Peter, he talks about the fact that grace comes in many different ways. And it's using the same type of word structure. So what we can understand is for whatever problem you have in your life, God extends a corresponding grace to you. If you have a small problem, like a paper cut that you keep reopening, there's a, a grace for that, I guess. And if you have a major catastrophic problem going on in your life, God extends the appropriate grace depending on what you're dealing with. Just understand that wherever you are, God meets you there. That, that's important to understand. The fourth thing that James says is don't quit. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel and say to heck with it. I, I can't do this. Verse four says, so let it grow for wherever your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That is so critical for us to understand that, that God is going to stay with, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> God's going to stay with us. If, and if we don't quit, he's not going to quit. And so we hang on because there is a reward that comes through staying till the very end. Paul talks about that with his salvation. Now, whether you respond correctly or incorrectly to the, the trials and the tribulations of life are up to you. The, the bottom line is you are going to have trials in your life. You are going to have problems in your life. How you respond to them are your, is your choice. So you might as well approach every problem, every trial from the standpoint of saying, all right, God, I've got this trial I'm bringing it before you, and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to respond with joy, and I'm going to, to approach this as a way to grow in my relationship with you, and I'm going to grow in my faith in you, and allow God to, to begin to transform your faith and begin to build it and make you stronger. You know, this series that we're, we're looking at, the, the goal is to grow our faith. And, and I hope that this message, it's kind of an introductory just to get us started. And, and what I, I want us to understand is that when trials happen, because they will, you have the, you have the, the ability to respond by faith, or you can allow them to defeat you. The choice is yours. Let's pray. Father, I 
I come to you this, this day and I, I certainly need to, to just ask that your Holy Spirit extend the grace that is needed, that your Holy Spirit communicate where I do not. God, this is an important topic because you don't call us to be your children and to, to save us, to then be defeated by the troubles of life. Please help us, Father, to live victoriously, to honor you, to live lives that, that celebrate victory in Christ. Help us, Father, to say yes to you in every aspect of our lives. You don't call us to just grit our teeth and to suffer in silence. You call us to step out and live by faith in you. Help us, Father, to do that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mm -hmm.